The Gemara had said, Welcome everyone. We are here on today's Ove Torah, Haralavaron Daf Yom Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Kuf Yud Aleph. And it will begin on Daf Kuf Yud Amud Bet. Five lines from the bottom of Kuf Yud Amud Bet. Says the Gemara, Lir Korna, Tren Beshircha. They're recommending a certain potent for Yerkona. And Rabbi Yochanan had said that umi aker, and it causes sterility, which means the person is not able to have children. Ask the Gemara, umi shari? Would you be able to drink a drink like this? How could Rabbi Yochanan suggest, make the following suggestion that's isur? Being that it's asur to cause sterility to a Jewish person, how would Rabbi Yochanan be suggesting a medical cure that causes sterility? How do we know that causing sterility to a man is asur? Talmud Omar comes to teach you, and in your, in your land, you shall not do this. Pasuk is talking about different types of mumim, different types of blemishes on animals. Talking about blemishes that are occurring to the private parts of the animal. And it says that it's forbidden for you to do such a thing in your lands. And we learn, you can't do it to yourself. And therefore we learn that this, it's, it's a sword to cause sterility to a human. And if that's so, so how could Rabbi Yochanan have recommended such a thing that causes sterility? Pause. Says the Gemara, that's only when you're having in mind to cause sterility. Here you're not having it in mind, which means it's only a sewer when you physically do something to the to the to the male organ that causes them not to have kids. But a person who's taking a, a medicine and, and he's not actually touching that spot should be mutar. That's the Gemara is going to propose at this point. How do we know? Of course, it's asur for a Jew to um, cause any one of his animals to become sterile. Now, it happens to be a fact that all of the animals that we eat, um, almost all of the meat that we eat, are actually come from sterile animals. They actually sterilize the, um, the bulls when they're born in order that the meat doesn't get too tough with the testosterone. Testosterone is a hormone that comes in males. And if they sterilize them, they don't have testosterone and the meat is softer. So they do that to all the animals. But Jewish people don't do it because uh, it's that source. So the Gemara over here is asking, if a person, let's say, would want to sterilize his, uh, his rooster for whatever reason, uh, what he should do is all he has to do is cut off the crown of the rooster. Roosters, male roosters, have a little crown on top. Cut off the little crown on top of the rooster, and it go, and it'll be sterilized on its own. So you see that cutting off the crown of a rooster, since it's not touching the part of the animal that would have the baby, should be mutar. So too here we want to draw a parallel and say that drinking a cup of whatever kind of medicine we're talking about, even though it causes sterility, should be mutar because there's no physical touching of that area to cause it to be a problem. Ask the Gemara. 
Rabbi Ravashi, Remut Rucha Hu Dinaktile. Ravashi says that the sirus that happens when you cut off the crown of a rooster is not an, a physical sirus. It's actually a psychological one. When you take off the crown of a rooster, uh, the rooster doesn't feel big and mighty anymore, and it doesn't want to have relations with the head. And therefore, it's really completely capable of doing it, it just doesn't want to psychologically. And therefore, you can't bring a parallel from that case to our case where the man is unca- incapable. How you bring a proof from a psychological proof, so from something psychological to something physical, not a fair proof. Ella, the Gemara is going to come with another answer. Ella, besliest. When we're going to answer now, you're right. Really, it's 100% asur to drink this drink. And you know why Rabbi Yochanan said you should drink the drink? He was talking about a guy who already he was a slis. So if this guy has a year car problem, he could do it. But you're right, 90% of the people can't use it. That's the way I'm answering now. Yes, the Gemara. The Amr Abchia Bar Abba, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. Didn't we hear Rabbi say the name of Rabbi Yochanan? Hakol Mordim Mehametz, Achal Mehametz, Shul Chayav. Let me explain this whole thing. Okay, there's two things the Gemara is throwing in here, and there's a bright this this brighter is going to throw in two different points, one very related to us and one not related to us. But the first one is the Koran Mincha. A korban mancha is forbidden to be made out of anything chametz. It has to be kosher pesach. Okay? There's a pasuk in Parshat Tzav that says, Lo te'afeh chametz. Do not bake it out of chametz. And therefore, it's forbidden to be chametz. Now, let's say a guy makes a chametz. He puts yeast in and he makes pita out of it. He did avera and he's chayav malkut. You got to whip him. The next guy continues to make it into a korban after it's chametz. The second guy also is chayav kumalkut. And we don't say, well, the first guy ran into the issue, what's the second guy doing? No, second guy is also chayav, says the Mishnah. That's case number one. And case number two of the Mishnah says, let's say you have a guy who was a saris. Somebody cut off part of his private parts. And now the guy comes and cuts off the rest of it. Even though he wasn't already have, able to have kids from the first guy, the second guy is also chayav. Why is how do we know it's chayav? Well, it says because the 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 Gemara the the pasuk mentions ma'uch v'katut v'natuk v'karut mentions four different types of a guy who's sterile, and the first one is a little bit of a of a chop off, and the last one is a complete chop off. Now, if you mention the complete chop off, why didn't mention the other ones for? Obviously, you mentioned this one first to tell you that the second guy is still chayav, right? And therefore. Therefore, the Gemara is asking now, how could you say that a, a sadi, you gave me an answer that we were talking about, a Sadis drinking the potion. Even a Sadis shouldn't be able to drink the potion because it's as soon as it becomes more Sanus. Okay? This is the Gemara. So the Gemara says, no. Oh, we're talking about a guy who's too old to have relations. A guy's too old to have relations, then they, he's okay to drink. And that's what the Gemara was talking about when the Rabbi Yochanan was recommending this medical potion. He was recommending that. So says the Gemara, 
even that doesn't make sense. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yochanan, when he was old, uh, he used certain methods that uh, were mentioned in the Gemara and Dafkitin that caused a man back to his original uh, state when he was younger. He used those methods. And in doing those methods, he says, they returned me back to my youth. And he was able to have relations again. This is Rabbi Yochanan. So we see that a person who's old, who has no ability to have relations, can still take certain things and get back, get right back into it. And if it's reversible, then how is he allowed to take the cost, take, 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 take the drink of Rabbi Yochanan? That's not going to work well. So it says the Gemara, Ela Bi'isha. Oh, must be we're talking about a woman. It's only for women, you're right. Men are forbidden to do it. But women are okay. There's who is obligated in procreation and having children. Is it a male obligation? And the women are just helping the men fulfill the obligation. Or it's a woman's obligation as well, and they're also obligated to do it. Now, according to Yochanan ben Bruka, who says women are also chayav, this Isha answer doesn't really help you anything. Because, so what? It's Isha, very good. But they also have, so what does it help? <laughs> Talking about a woman who's old. Now, when a woman is old, there's no real way to get back without a miracle. A man who's old, yeah, he could uh, he could drink some potion that it says in Gitin and get, get himself out, or eat some garlic, or whatever the story is, and get himself back into the program. But a woman, she's once she's too old, chalas. Unless uh, she's she's in trouble. Inami, another answer, Ba'akara, or you have a woman who was never able to have kids anyway, she could drink this thing, thing and that's all. Oh, you're right. All other people, they're forbidden to drink it. Okay? We're in the Mishnah. says the Mishnah as follows. A person who feels some type of uh, pain or tenderness in his gums or in his teeth. Okay. On Shabbat, he's forbidden to swallow or fill up your mouth or gargle with chomets with vinegar. Seems like vinegar is normally good for toothaches for some reason. And you're not allowed to do it on Shabbat because it's obvious what you're doing. And therefore, if we let you do that, you might come to do other things. What he can do is he could take his balsamic vinegar, leave it on the table like they do in the restaurants. You come with a little balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Put it in the balsamic vinegar and the olive oil, taste it, and if it's uh, as drinking it straight, but this is what you can do. Do what you can. Yeah, you're breaking up, Rabbi. Can you hear me or no? Now oh, I hear should you. Should I switch to the... Um, Before... Should I repeat? Where did I lose you? With uh, When the balsamic is on the table. Yeah, so if the guy's got the balsamic vinegar on the pita, and the pita on the table, take your pita, dip it in, 
eat the, eat the balsamic vinegar. If it cures you, it cures you. If not, not. It's not going to be as potent as doing it straight, but you can't do it straight on Shabbat. So you just do this. It's fine. That's thing, but intentionally doing it, even though, even though your, your intention head. is to cure yourself, but since you're eating a regular, as what, usual, well, I'm not allowed to have pita. I can't have this dip because it's going to help me. No, I'm allowed to eat it. But if you put it in your mouth straight, yeah. then it looks it looks like you're curing yourself. That's asur. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. That's what saying. Okay. A person who has a problem with with his loins, he shouldn't um, wash himself with wine or vinegar. But he can put oil. But not oil of roses. It seems like they used to have rose oil. Where it's something like our rose water, you know, what do they call rose water in Arabic? Uh, you wouldn't. No, it's not mizahar. No, that mizahar is the orange. That's the orange, yeah. right? Okay, my wouldn't. Right, so it's not my wouldn't, it's shaman wouldn't. Okay? And you can't use it on Shabbat. Why? But uh, if you're a prince, then you can put the shenem in bed. Because a regular guy would only use it in a tight situation, because it's very expensive. But if you're a prince, then you use it all the time. So if you have a makai, you can put it on, because you, for you, it's nothing special. Okay? So Wait, there's no there's no issue, Rabbi, with smearing on Shabbat? Okay, so the rule about smearing in general, you're asking an interesting halakhic question, there is a smearing problem on Shabbat. However, the smearing problem is only on, a, on an ointment. Or, or, or a thicker lotion because they, over there it's mimarech. Mimarech is one of the third nine malachot where you have like the underside of a of a, of a cow uh, skin and mm-hmm. you smooth it out with a thing. That's called smoothing out. So when you have a, 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 a Vaseline, you could smooth it out and that's mimarech. It might be like taking frosting on a cake and smoothing it out, it's mimarech. So we're, we're telling you that if you take an ointment and you put it on yourself, that's also mimarech, you're smoothing it out. Or you take a chapstick on the other, that's smoothing it out. But if you have an oil or a liquid, there's no mimarech in a liquid. So we're talking here about liquids. Liquids. Liquids is always mutar to smear on yourself. As long as it's not a cure, it should be okay to put a liquid. A person should know that if his, if his face is dry on Shabbat, there's nothing you could do when you want, if you want to put Vaseline or you want to put a thick lotion, a usury, that would be a sewer. But olive oil, nothing wrong. Why but not? cologne? Cologne is not that problem. Cologne would not be any sort. Yeah, just that's liquid. Yeah, okay. It's liquid, not a sort. Okay? Okay. Uh, cologne on clothes, okay? Maybe that's a problem Maybe of scenting clothes, but cologne on a body, not a problem. Okay? okay. Let's continue. Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says that all Jews are like princes, and therefore everyone's allowed to have the, the Shimon wanted. Okay? Obviously. Says the Gemara. Rami le Rav Acha Aricha, to Rav Acha Bar Papa, the Rabbi Abu. They asked this question. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. Hachoshesh Bishnab loyegmabe the Chomets. Person with a toothache should not swallow the Chomets, or should not gargle the Chomets. Are you trying to claim that chometz is good for teeth? It stinks. 
the, 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 the Pasuk in Mishlei uses it as an example of something horrible, like smoke in the eyes or like vinegar on the teeth. That's what uh, a lazy person is to someone who sent him. So what are you talking about? That sounds like it's horrible. When you're, the Mishnah's Mishnah is saying it's great. It's not like it's okay or it's not good or it's not so good. It's either horrible or perfect. Make, make up your mind. Yeah. Ha <laughs> When you have something that was made from unripe fruits, that's when we said that it's no good. And yeah. when you make it from good wine, then it's good. Okay. When it's too, if it's a good type of vinegar or not a good type of vinegar. Correct. Depends what it depends on the type of vinegar, basically. Okay. That's answer number one. Have have a Really, both of them are talking about regular vinegar from wine. Okay. One is when you have it wound when you don't So if a guy has no wound and he puts this stuff in his mouth, it's bad for him. If he has a wound, it's good. If you have maka, it cures it. Like a maka, marpe. If you have no maka, it wounds it. It makes your teeth loose, and they're likely to pull out, which is not so good. People like the teeth in. What more handy? Okay, let's go. Says Gemara, lo yigma bahem at the chometz. A person should not um, swallow the chometz. Esra v'atanya lo yigma upolet. Doesn't it say you shouldn't swallow and spit out? Is the bride that said that what's a sore is to swallow and spit out? And our mission says you can't swallow. Yeah. Okay. But you can swallow it. So make up your mind. Our mission, it sounds like you could, uh, the only thing you could do is by putting, putting pita in it. And here it sounds like as long as you swallow it, it's okay. The Mishnah was also talking about spinning out. You're right. The Mishnah would also let. If he swallows, he's allowed. Rabba says we could even be talking about a guy who swallows also. And one is before you dip your pita and one's after you dip your pita. Meaning, once a guy dips his pita in the oil, in the vinegar, and then he wants to take some and swallow it, it's okay. Because you show that you're eating it, and then afterwards you want a little more, so you take some more. So it doesn't look so bad. But if you just go straight to put it in your mouth, it looks like you're you're taking care of business. And that's mm-hmm. not Okay? So I asked the Gemara, how could you say once before, once after? Okay. This that the, this move that the Gemara is about to make now is a subject of a lot of work with the Rishonim. Okay? But the Gemara is going to say that if it's mutar to drink the vinegar after, drink and swallow the vinegar after you put your pita in, it should also be mutar before you put the pita in. Why? They, they're claiming the statement of Rava, that the, the rabbis cannot say that something is mutar before the pita, mutar with after the pita, and asur before the pita. 
Can't say that. And we're going to prove that statement from a Gemara about Yom Kippur and Shabbat. Now, okay. you need to know that when Yom Kippur and Shabbat are there, the, which one is stricter, Yom Kippur or Shabbat? Shabbat, no? Shabbat is stricter, correct. Because on Shabbat, the punishment for a person on Shabbat, going okay. with that, is Sikila. Whereas the punishment on Yom Kippur is only Karet. Okay? So it's the, 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 de- the punishment is what's stricter. It shows that it's stricter, correct. And since the Shabbat is stricter, the Gemara is going to show that when something is mutar on Shabbat, we're going to talk about dipping in a, in a, in a mikvah. When that's mutar on Shabbat, it should also be mutar on Kippur because it can't be mutar. So if so, the Gemara is going to make the connection and say, well, so too, between our drinking the, the, the vinegar before or after the pita, should both be the same and both be mutar, just like those two are both mutar. That's okay. what we're going to call it ho'il. Since the Gemara Gemara is going to use Ho'il again in Betza, I don't think it's the same Ho'il, I think it's a different Ho'il. This is there's a famous Ho'il that also happened to be said by Rav. Okay, okay, but let's, but I think this is a separate one. Okay, says the Gemara, let's read inside. Let's say, if it's allowed. Oh, I got it backwards. Hold on. One second. Hold on. Right, right. The other way around. Okay. It seems I had told you the other way. I told you that uh, once, if you dip, then it's okay. They're saying the other way. They're saying that if while you dipped, in other words, it, once you dipped, you wouldn't want some of it. But maybe before you dipped, you might want to taste it to see how it is. And therefore, you're allowed to have it before you dip or not after you dip. Mm-hmm. Same, same idea. Same idea, just the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It says, well, if it's allowed before, it should be allowed afterwards. Because we know that Rabbah himself holds a ho'il. There's nothing that on Shabbat is allowed, and Yom Kippur is asur. If it's allowed on Shabbat, Yom Kippur is Yom Kippur should be allowed, right? The case they're talking about is dipping in a mikvah. Guy mm-hmm. who has to go to the mikvah for whatever reason, and he's due to do it on Shabbat, we let him do it. Why? Because whatever we say, when the guy sees him, he thinks he's hot and he's just cooling off. Even though he looks like he's fixing himself, he looks like he's not going to fix himself on Shabbat. Mm-hmm. But people are not going to say he's going to the mikvah, they're going to say he's hot. Okay? Okay. Now, Kippur, they also let you do it if you have to go to the mikvah on Kippur. Why? Not a lot of cooling stuff on Kippur. Hmm. But since it's allowed on Shabbat, yeah, backed out of his statement. Back him out, go back to Abaya. Okay? That's a, that's answer number one. Says the Gemara. Who told you that Rava backed out of his statement about the vinegar? Maybe Rava backed out by the statement about the Yom Kippur and Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Don't even don't let it empty your mind that that might be, that, that that he did that that he backed out of the Shabbat thing. The Tanya, because we learned in a brighter, 
Call chayvet tivilot. Anyone who's chayvet tivilah, tovlin kederkan, you're allowed to dip normally. Ben the chabob, whether it's chabob, ben be kippur. So if he says you're not doing them, therefore we know that he's in back. Okay. Now we had said hachoshesh b'motnav, the guy who has a problem with motnav blowing. We said you shouldn't use wine or chomz. I'm going to be Abba Bar Zabda Amarav. Halakha can be Shimon. That anyone's allowed to use the Shimon wouldn't. Okay? Says the Gemara, Lememra, the Rav can be Shimon. Do you mean to say that Rav holds like Rabbi Shimon? What is the famous thing of Rabbi Shimon in the whole Masechet Shabbat town? That he's lenient, no? He's lenient to say what? Um. Something that's not intended is okay. Is our last. Right. So we want to say, you want to tell me he holds like Rabbi Shimon the whole Chol Shabbat and he's going like it over here too? Didn't you ever see me by Chia say the name of Rav? If you have a rag of a barrel. A rag of a barrel means like this. When a person would have a barrel of wine, you would need to put a spigot into the barrel in order to be able to draw the wine to the barrel. You know what a spigot is? Like the thing that goes in the Poland Spring, a machine that you could push to get the or you go like this and get, get the wine. So, oh, okay, okay. so you need to make a hole in the bottom of the barrel and stick a spigot in. Okay? Now, if you stick the spigot in, uh, it usually doesn't fit exactly. And if it doesn't fit exactly, you're going to have a leak and you lose all your wine. So what they do is they take a, a cloth and they put it around the spigot to stick it in. This way, it, 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 it feels good. Now, the problem is by sticking in the cloth, you're going to squeeze the cloth. Mm. And you're going to squeeze wine out of the cloth, which is a sort to squeeze the wine. So now, Igmar says, Rasimah says, this 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 um, this uh, handkerchief of the spigot. You're not allowed to stick it in on top because you're going to squeeze. Now, if Rabbi Shimon was here, he would say, what's the difference? I'm up to, am I, what am I trying to squeeze here? So now, the fact that Rav says, sorry, the fact that Rav says, that it's that you're, allowed, you're not allowed to do it. That means he doesn't hold the Bishamon. They don't agree. Actually, tell me, Rav held over the Bishamon about the Shimon wanted. Here he should be. Uh, you see, he doesn't hold the Bishamon. Make up your mind who you hold the Bishamon on Shabbat or not. So this is a question of Abba Barzad there, right? Well, yeah. Well, Rav is quoting Rav, right? Okay. He's quoting Rav as being a Rabbi Shimon guy on Shabbat. But and look, uh, here's another case where he's not like Rabbi Shimon. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to the the handkerchief of the spigot, I feel the Shimon more there. Even the Shimon will agree that it's a sewer. You know why? The Abaye v'Rava, the Amish Abaye, Abaye and Rava both say more there. The Bishimon v'Siklashev v'Yamut. Even the Bishimon will agree that if you're doing something that's not intended, but it's a Siklashev, it's going to for sure happen. Then he agrees. And the only one is not for sure. And therefore here, well, it's going to for sure squeeze. He'll agree that it's a sure. Ask the Gemara. 
Ve'amar Rabbiqiyah Bar'ashi Amarav, Halakha Kerebi Yudah. Didn't Rav actually say Halakha Kerebi Yudah straight up? You're telling me, oh, well, really, he was like a Bishamon, but in that case, Bishamon will agree. No! He so, have a straight up statement where he says, Halakha Kerebi Yudah. Try to dance your way out of that now. Which is the opposite. Right. You, 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 you danced your way out of it before when he just had a, it. It was a story about a spigot and a, and a handkerchief. Oh, yeah, Rabbi Shimon agree. Okay, poor. That's nice. Now, what about this? They okay. set him up. <laughs> Okay. writes the whole thing without the rabbis, without Rav and Shmuel. So you see straight out that it's it's a clear cut case that you don't take a Rather, gives and waits. Me and the lion of the crew, the big man of the crew, Umanu, who's that? We learn the following. They get allowed to use the Shemin wouldn't. But not because of the reason that he said, because of Bnei Menachim. That's not why. I'll tell you why. Ilema, what does it mean? If it means halacha kavishimon deshalem, that's allowed. Kavishimon holds that this seven water is useful. Okay, v'rav savar lo masi, and the rav says it doesn't do anything, and therefore the reason why he lets because it does nothing. Maybe that's the reason why he lets. Can it be? Savarav lo masi. Rav holds doesn't help. The mission says that princes use it, it must work. Yeah. This is what it means. When it says it like him, but not because of the reason, this is what. Shimon holds that it's not common for regular people to use Shimon Wadid. Right? And that's why he holds Shadeh. That's why he holds Mark. Rav says depends on the place. If it's common, then it's allowed. And if it's not common, it's not allowed. Rav said there was plenty of Shimon water, and therefore that's why it's allowed. Let's say it together. Can we say the last four words together? Beautiful. Okay, well, that's it. We're coming back to this, okay? How many years? Inshallah, seven and a half, right? Seven and a half. Let's go. Let's start the next Mishnah, okay? We can't, okay we can't, we're doing it right. One of the things that you're not allowed to do, one of the 39, is kosher. Kosher means Good. Now, the Gemara is going to talk about which knots are kosher. Kesher gimalim. These are the Yechayav, I'm sorry. These are the ones Yechayav for. Kesha Gimalim, camel knot. Kesha Tanim, sailor's knot. Okushem Shuchayav a Koshran, just like you have to tie a sailor's knot or a camel knot. Kahu Chayav a Hetanan, so do you have for untying one of these knots? Amir, Amir says no. Kol Kesha Shuyakola Tiroba, Hatmi Adav, Enochai Malav. If you're able to untie it with one hand, it's not a real knot. Yes. 
Says the Gemara, my Keshet HaGemalim V'Keshet HaSepanim. What is this camel and sailor knot? If we're telling me, we're talking about the tie that the donkey drivers tie to the ring in the donkey's nose. Donkey has a ring in his nose. And they, they, they tie the ring to a stake, a stake in the ground so it doesn't go anywhere. Okay? Or a, a ship has a bow of the ship. And they have a little ring in the bow of the ship, okay? And they tie the ring to the dock. To the anchor or the dock. Right, to the dock, to, so it doesn't go leap. So now, if we're talking about that one, that's a, that's a kesha that doesn't stay long. Why is it a suit to tie it if it's a kesha that doesn't stay long? They always tie it and untie it. When they tie the camel down or the boat down, they tie it, and then they untie it 10 minutes later. So why should it be a suit to tie? We're talking about the tie that the sailor does to tie the ring to the camel's nose. And then from that, they tie something else. Uh, the, first, the first time. And the one that's tied onto the boat itself, that one is never untied. That's what we're talking about. further. That you can do it one hand is not a problem, right? By What's the story with a slip knot according to the Bimir? Aniva is a slip knot or a tie. A slip knot, I'm going to show you over here in this Gemara. If I could figure out how to get it on the screen. Yeah, here we go. One second. Yeah. The bottom there? Yeah, the bottom one or the middle one? The bottom. Yeah, you know, I see it. Not. Okay. I saw it. I saw it's like two. Yeah. Now that, with one hand, you could pull it right out. You pull one yeah. hand, it comes right out, right? You just go like this, yeah. Aniva, the mayor, according to the mayor, what's the law? Do we say... The reason why Meir says it's okay, because you could do it with one hand. And this one too, you could do it with one hand. If you pull on one side strong, it'll come out. Or maybe, the reason why Meir says it's allowed is because if you could do it with one hand, that means it wasn't tied tight. If you have a strong knot and you tie it so loose that you can just go like this, it was never really tied tight. It's not a real knot. This yeah. one, you might tie it tight like this. This aniva could be tied tight. And if you, yes, you can pull one in, but it's tight. Maybe it doesn't work. Would Ramir allow that? Oh, that's, that's the question. Tiku, leave the question. Eliyahu Navi, tell him to the question. We'll start tomorrow at the second Mishnah in the Elu Kushni. Okay? Beautiful. Good. Thank you, Rabbi. How long was that?